0: Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. Welcome to the pod. I'm here with Alan. So grateful to have him back. And uh, we're going to pick up where we left off from the latest Thursday night workshop on emotional sobriety. Um, We've been going chapter by chapter uh, in depth through his book, 12 Essential Insights for Emotional Sobriety, and a key chapter uh, concerns waking up from our sleepwalking. And uh, Alan, I'll let you kick off a little bit with where you're... uh, where your thoughts are at regarding uh, this uh, great work that you completed recently?
1: Well, thank you. And you know, it's funny to go back and read something that you've authored. I'm sure you've experienced this as a as an author yourself and as a screenplay, you know, writer. You know, and
0: it can be it, hard sometimes.
1: It well, it's you know, it's 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 funny when when people talk about how how great it is it's like I get embarrassed sometimes because it's like I've never thought of myself as a great writer, right? I, I really thought of myself. I think I, I write pretty clearly and I, and I can explain ideas well, but I think this book is really the best work I've ever produced. I mean, it flows wonderfully. So um, I'm glad we're going through that. I'm glad it's getting the recognition that it deserves. And look, you know, all of this—it's—it takes a—it takes a village, right? I'll take some credit for the ideas, but Vince Hyman, my editor, is responsible for many, many of the ways that that book is written and how things are expressed in it. So I am always have a debt of gratitude towards him. But before we dig into this, let's just acknowledge—you know, Tom Rutledge and the struggle he's going through at this point in time. I, I'm not going to share any details, but you know, he's on his own journey at this point and confronting some pretty serious issues in his life. And, you know, Tom, this this shout goes out to you, Patrick, and I really love you a lot and miss you being here with us. And, and look, man, you're in our prayers, you're in our hearts, you're in our thoughts, and etc, etc.
0: I learned a lot from Tom, you know, he's done so much work on himself over the years and then that work you know he projects it outwards and helps a lot of other people and I think just my thoughts have been going a lot towards perfectionism lately and kind of defeating the unhealthy corrosive aspects of perfectionism and I think you know Tom is just he's got endless wisdom because of his own struggles with that that um have really helped me and uh I uh in addition to you know all the just being a great Great guy, great friend and everything. He he teaches us a lot, I think.
1: Yeah, he really he really does, man. And he's been, you know, such a integral part of of this whole podcast and starting this. And I remember when I turned to Tom when COVID started and said to him, man, listen, we got to create something for the community. People are going to be isolated. They're not going to be able to get to meetings. And let's see if we can bring them some you know, a voice of reason, if you will, a voice of wisdom during this time to, you know, help them, you know, in the struggle in terms of dealing with this. And now we're starting to come out of it. I mean, there's another wave of COVID right now. It's, it's, you know, it's thankfully and hopefully we'll never get back to what it was, but you know, we're far from being out of the woods on this stuff. Um, So I just want to give a shout out to him, Tom, I love you. I appreciate all the work we've done together and I look forward to us continuing that journey. Well, you know, we are Roger Andy's another good friend of mine. I'm I'm blessed to have some great friends in my life, including you, Patrick. I've really grown to love you and care a lot about you and uh, the journey we've shared together.
0: I love Um, you too, man. We're going to see some tennis soon. It's going to be awesome. Well, we are,
1: man. I'm excited about the US Open is coming up this coming week and you're going to be out for a couple of the matches and Nick and I my son are heading out on Tuesday to take in the matches and it's a very exciting week for me.
0: I'm more of a student of Pokemon but I'll learn uh, as much as I can.
1: You <laughs> will you will I you will sit with two people that are avid tennis players and just love the game. But you know Roger Andy suggested that when we finish doing the 12 steps and and how they impact our our the development of, of an authentic self-esteem and how that relates to emotional sobriety. We finished that up on the Thursday evening workshop. Um, By the way, Patrick will put in the notes of this session how to uh, the Zoom information so you can log into that Thursday night workshop. It starts at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. But he suggested that out, why don't we take your 12 essential insights and why don't we just walk through them each month and really dig into them and the first insight is just this just, just realization the way i ch- titled the chapter is waking up from our sleepwalking and you know as you said patrick what th- this becomes so essential it, it the analogy i think we could use here is that it's just like the first step we've got to accept our powerlessness over alcohol in order to find a new power but without doing that We've got no foundation for our program. And so this waking up from our sleepwalking is the beginning of our journey into developing a consciousness that supports emotional sobriety. You know, we, we cannot, and I will say this again, we cannot achieve emotional sobriety with the consciousness that we bring into our program. That, conscious, nope. that consciousness has to be increased, right? Enlarged.
0: Now Go remind ahead. us, uh, what are we waking up from?
1: Well, I, I think what we're waking up from is, I like to think of it as a desensitization, Is is that most people talk about being numbed out in their life. Well, I don't think we're ever completely numbed out, but I think we're desensitized. I think that we tolerate things that are intolerable. I think that, that, that we live a life and don't feel the true impact of how we're living. I think we, we set up a personality or engineer a personality to, to try to cope with this life. And we really never sit and reflect, is this really who I am? Or have I tried to actualize a concept of who I should be? See, these are these existential questions that we have never tackled. And that's part of being asleep. You see, when I go through life as an automaton and I just, you know, kind of cut or copy, cut and paste today into tomorrow, I'm not living a conscious life. I'm just putting one foot in front of the others and listen that 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 hypnotic trance that put us to sleep even once we start to wake up can call you back to sleep again it's it's something it's just like our, we get a daily reprieve if we're in in a, our program from our addiction right on a daily basis well i i want people to think of getting a daily reprieve from your sleepwalking it's not just going to happen just like getting that daily reprieve is not going to happen It's going to require us to be actively engaged and involved in our life in certain ways. But it begins by being committed to waking up. And we begin that waking up by first, just like in the first steps, admitting we're powerless, we admit that we're asleep. I'm asleep, dreaming, I'm awake. That's what Gurdjieff, this Russian philosopher said. I'm asleep, dreaming, I'm awake. And that's where we are. Now, that has a lot of ramifications to it. So many, and we'll be getting into that in the weeks to come. But that is the first step, right? This admission. This admission that we are asleep, dreaming that we're awake. And I'll tell you, man, I you know as I said to you, I've been in the program for 52 years, Patrick. And sometimes that call to go back asleep or that hypnotic trance surfaces again. i just gone through a period of time, I think, in my marriage to Jess, which we're getting divorced right now, that I think that we both fell asleep in it and we stopped paying attention to a lot of important things in that marriage. And that's part of what I'm trying to learn by going through all of this pain and suffering, as many of you have heard in our previous podcast. I mean my heart has been broken i've felt deeply deeply wounded by this whole experience but you know i want to find some way of getting some wisdom from suffering all this pain and i am i mean i am waking up in a lot of areas as a lot of you have heard you know understanding how my self reliance you know has been manifest and created this this you know, this idea of invulnerability in my life and that my life became a test of that invulnerability. That's a big insight I've gained from this dealing with some of my, you know, child sexual trauma, you know, being molested at the age of nine and 17, you know, that I've opened the door to that. And I'm finally looking at what that means in terms of being able to fully enjoy you know, sexual pleasure and opening myself up to that freedom in my life to be able to experience that. But see, that's all part of that waking up process. And look, man, it's just like when a child is born into this world, that birth process is not an easy one. No, whether it's a C-section or not, man, that you are going through a big, big shift in reality from everything in the world being provided for you having complete environmental support to now we have to start supporting ourselves. So that's what, that's what this first, this chapter, this first essential insight is all about is waking ourselves up is being able to see that we've been asleep and to really own that and and here lies that paradoxical theory of change patrick right we change by owning what we're doing by owning who we are not by trying to be someone we're not
0: well i've i've been marinating um for a little while in in the fact that i've gotten a lot of things wrong and i think uh i'm i'm still in the submerged phase or partially submerged phase of sleepwalking in the sense of I think my sense of myself as independent from other people is very um half-baked if it's if it's even half like I'm still trying to figure out who I am you know uh independent of uh I don't know just a lot of codependent relationships I think and um certainly the workshops and um you know these long conversations with people uh, deeply engaged in this work um, are helping me to develop that sense of self, I guess, Um, a more, um, you know, emotionally balanced self that I think could really do me a lot of favors in terms of like how I navigate um, my life and its challenges.
1: Yeah. Well, say more about some of the challenges that you've experienced and and what you're waking up to.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I think, um, you know, uh, listeners of the podcast will not be surprised to learn that, um, I, uh, my closest, uh, relationship, um, is with my girlfriend who lives with me. And, um, I think like, you know, we are both in recovery and we, uh, both have a fair amount of trauma. And I think like disentangling ourselves from kind of like, um, you know, just being overly reactive or overly dependent upon and overly focused on each other's behavior and approval, you know, um, as it's been a big job and, um, we, uh, you know, we're doing couples therapy right now, or we've just begun and doing, you know, the assignments or homework or, you know, whatever you want to call it, just really trying to commit to, um, uh. I guess bringing as much humility as possible to like this process of like, you know, we want to be together, we want to stay together, but in order to do that in a way that that's not just that's healthy, that's not, you know, more grief than it is pleasure, you know, that will require a lot of work, I think. And we're trying to do that work. And, um, you know, um, I think, you know, your book, um, Melody Beatty's book, Codependent No More, um, is starting to put me in touch with, you know, um how how over overly reactive I've been, how overly dependent I've been, and addicted in some ways to kind of like um to fussing over other people. And um how my uh my sense of self is so focused on the approval of others and um other people's assessment of me. And um, I think in conflicts, you know, in arguments, um you know, uh, my uh, my spirit lives or dies with my other with with other people's um, sense of reality about <laughs> who I am and what I'm doing. Yeah. When I I'm I am learning to kind of I'm I'm trying to learn to keep my own counsel or to kind of like build a voice and not not like an arrogant voice. You know, it's it's not like a um, an insistence in my rightness all the time, but just in a kind of like you know just learning to parse reality and kind of stick to my guns in a yeah. way that's healthy and in alignment with the with reality rather than other people's uh assessment of me so uh, that's kind of where i'm at and i do think that runs a runs ashore of emotional sobriety in some significant ways
1: yeah it does man it does look you're you're in a process aren't you and and you're struggling and you're grinding to figure things out in your life look at a a lot of emotional sobriety to me is about being willing to show up and do the work it's it's not figuring it all out but it's being willing to stay in there and struggle and see how to how to struggle in the best way possible so that we refine ourselves and and polish ourselves and and make ourselves into the brilliant diamond that we can be
0: I got, a, uh, I got a compliment from Maddie, my girlfriend, uh, the other day. We'd had a really bad fight. And then there was a day after the fight where we were having a, like a day-long conversation back and forth, just kind of parsing it. And as she complimented me at the end of it. Uh, she apologized for being mean to me, which I appreciated. And then she complimented me for how I helped to... Um, helped her through that process and kind of like helped her to understand like what had happened. And, uh, but the thing is, here's the kicker is, um, I don't even know what I did. And, uh, I was so kind of burnt out (laughs) by the time we got there that I was just like, well, I'll take it. That's, that's, that's certainly a nice sentiment. And, you know, and I do appreciate it, but, uh, Hey man, you're, you're right about, I mean, not figuring everything out. Like, um, I'm just, I think where I'm at now is just trying not to, um, you know pour salt on the wound that's already there try not my best not to make anything worse trying not to take the action that's going to uh disrupt and uh regress everything you know yeah. like if i can't make progress and then i can at least be sure not to regress yeah so that's where yeah not easy
1: no it's not man none of this stuff is freaking easy is it Huh? not in any way
0: well let's just start um yeah so uh what you're describing it's uh you're changing the program you change the program then all these kind of new complications flood in and um and i'm you know i'm happy that uh you know that you might volunteer some kind of like personal you know where your personal experience intersects with some of these ideas of emotional sobriety um Tom and Alan, they kind of go back and forth. They're not, they're understandably reluctant, I think, to volunteer kind of some of what's going on under the hood. Um, yeah. You de- you described uh, the dynamic of the show recently as emotional sobriety in real time. I, my counterpoint to that would be, or my uh, addition to that would be that, um, emotional sobriety, it's usually, you're usually dealing with the raw material of life. That's not particularly emotionally sober, or it's like, it's not, it's, it's a journey always. It's never a destination. Um, I always come to the mental image of like the pottery wheel where you're just kind of spinning this clay and like, you know, the thing is just becoming misshapen and, uh, twisting. And sometimes everything goes spinning wildly off, but like, the act of, you know, uh, becoming emotionally sober, or being more emotionally sober is just staying on that clay and just trying to and hopefully over time, you end up making more of a consistent shape than one that's out of whack.
2: Of that whole uh, metaphor you gave, the word becoming is very meaningful to me. Like, I'm not a finished product. I'm not trying to finish the game of life and spike the ball and say I've done it i am becoming and what i'm becoming uh, is predictable in some ways but chaotic and unpredictable in so many more ways when i was reading again about um what it is like to be emotionally sleepwalking and um, relating to uh, the herald character um, who couldn't answer what are you experiencing (laughs) uh you know like uh, i uh it, it, i've read it before but it was it brand new just because um of where i am in life in a new relationship i'm identifying some things in me that have gone unchecked in you know solitary life where um it, it's it's more than just being asleep uh alan quotes uh um, to realize that uh, one is uh, asleep is the first step, right? You have to understand that you're you're in a state of uh, hypnosis to be able to walk your way out of it. But you add to that things like uh, post-traumatic stress disorder or um, you know, uh, other characteristics and, I'm dealing with the, what I would call dissociation or just coming to be aware of it in my own dissociation and and it's it happens uh before the executive functions in my brain are happening I sort of check out from a conversation I'm in and don't even I it's it's clear to someone else looking at me who has any empathy at all they can see that hey what what just what what just happened for you, right? And like Harold, I, I don't have an answer. What do you mean what happened, right? Like I, I don't even feel it happening. And so being aware uh, and, and finding ways to, you know, like what I've been doing the last few weeks is sort of tracking my ins and outs of, you know, sort of being present and conscious and when I'm drifting off and when my moods are changing and all of that sort of thing. But um, I, I really like the fact that Alan talked about it being so basic, about it being based on some three basic needs to be mm-hmm. loved, to be accepted, and to feel that we belong. We create this uh, sense of what we think is necessary for those conditions to be met. And is it our true self, who we really are? Or is it acting a certain way, behaving a certain way, falling into a certain Uh, you know socially acceptable norm or family dynamic norm or whatever and when you start creating this false self to achieve these goals even when you achieve them how rewarding can they be because you're denying who you truly are right and
0: yeah I like I like the line he says it's like um, the building the false self for security it's like building a foundation for a house on somebody else's property I thought that was a great metaphor
2: Yes, exactly. And so I uh, you know, I don't really want to fit in at this stage in my life, right? I, I don't really want to present something that I think will gain the approval of others. I want integrity in my life. I want to be true to myself and uh be vulnerable enough to just be myself at whatever cost the you know some will of uh, you'll always have admirers and and detractors right you know that's just a, a fact of life and i i don't keep score like i used to uh, even just <laughs> giving a uh, a talk in an aa meeting i'm sort of doing this you know mental spreadsheet of uh who's really into it, who's rolling their eyes, who's not paying attention, who's not getting like why, you know, just, you know, because, well yeah, I got to
0: I got to say it's inspiring to hear that, you know, even somebody who's been at it for so long as you as you are that you still do that. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. And and I I you know, because it is a daily process, I never want to be on this show or anywhere else speaking as a a teacher or an authority. Uh, I'm just a fellow traveler, right? Been at it a while. Sure, I've got plenty of experience, but everybody my age has plenty of experience, right? And uh I think all of that experience has equal value. And um I when we get into these measurements of, you know, length of sobriety or you know, mm-hmm. some other way of uh qualifying somebody's worth versus another, I, I think it's missing the 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 it it takes away from the connection we need. And the connection we need means everyone's valuable, everyone's um got something to say, everyone's here to listen. And that sort of democracy, I think is one of the great thing about peer to peer things.
0: Yeah. That's, um, that, that's, sort of an unfortunate tendency of, that many, if not most of us have is we, we go towards the hierarchical, you know, like we want to look at everything in levels, you know, uh, rather than, yeah, like you said, the democratization.
2: And you look at some of the things in the chapter where, uh, Karen, uh, Hornay, if that's how you pronounce her name, um, um You know these these little things we fall into you know she calls it like the expansive solution or the uh self-effacing solution or the resignation solution you know and and you know that just seems like so much more work than busting the false self and just being real
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i mean i was gonna say just to kind of give it its due um the construct the false self the kind of um guardian that we invent to protect us or to get us into the doors we want to get into it can take us pretty far and i think that there is a spectrum of like some some have an easier alignment i think with their true and false selves Mm uh than others i clearly speak for myself i am various isms and addictions um and um I think my alignment or my, yeah, my alignment between true and false fell pretty out of whack to really be true to oneself and to kind of like de-emphasize, you know, the importance of being loved, being accepted and belonging. It's something that could only be sold to me if, if I was really at the precipice, you know, of uh, some really bad things happening, which I was, you know what I mean? You know, I needed to be there to be open to kind of like why even bring my my true self out into the light. Nobody gives a shit (laughs) about the true about my true self. Where's that going to get me?
2: Yeah. Which is just a made up story, right? You know, um, Alan talks about, you know, you can't have emotional sobriety without self honesty, but that self honesty, a, we grow in greater and greater self-awareness and it's a moving target my values have changed in, uh, my life, you know, and, um, who I am and what's in, matters to me, uh, is in constant flux. And so it's, it's th- that self-honesty thing is just, you know, understanding who I am in, uh, in present day, uh, uh, the resolution with the, uh, I think it's the Herald character is he realizes that, the things he was hiding to expose those and to live a more authentic self was what gave him greater intimacy in his life. Because the wall he built up, you know, was leaving him alone.
0: (laughs) Right. I can relate to that 100%.
2: Yeah. Or, yeah, I think Alan refers to it as a jail cell, right? You know, you, you build these walls to protect yourself and you've created a jail cell. have you
0: ever seen herb kagan he on his powerpoints he likes to do the yeah yeah (laughs) it looks almost like a gary larson the far side the the far side guy yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah that's right and for those listening you see a close-up first of a man holding the bars of a jail cell not able to get out and then it pans out and it's just a small wall with uh bars on it that he could easily walk around and be free
0: I've been circling around a lot lately to codependency issues that i have and um i think you know one of the the common threads and i think in a lot of my experiences you know tumultuous experiences of my life have to do with um just that dependency on people and that kind of like inability to really separate myself or to even identify myself uh, you know um separately from um you know from relationships the people in my orbit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, that is one of my sleepwalking phases. I think that I'm like currently, you know, it's, it's funny when you first, um, underline the fact that, uh, first step is to recognize, and that's a big one, you know, because we, because we can't yeah. wake up unless we recognize the first that we're sleeping. Yeah, man, there's like a big gulf, at least for me between the recognition and the awakening. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in that process now, but it's. Uh, we. I always wanted to. Um, I always wanted to go quicker.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, to be awake uh, may be the definition of enlightenment. You know, there's that uh, parable about uh, the people who climbed the mountain to meet the Buddha, right? And uh, you know, after their long and exhausting journey, uh, they asked the Buddha, uh, "Are you a prophet?" No are you a teacher no uh, are you a god no what are you i'm awake
0: hey can i ask you like about this new relationship like what how, what's that been teaching you or what's the ride been like in the context of your recovery
2: yeah um it, it re- really um uh i was talking to one of my sort of uh, trusted go-tos and i was Talking about having to relearn and he interrupted me relearn i said learn right because what good is all, my past experience even in relationships right like th- this is brand new every cell in my body is different than that person who lived in other relationships the person i'm engaged with is completely new it's it's learning it's not you know i i have nothing I've little from my past to draw upon. I have to use my intuition and I I have to do, I've been tracking a lot, just sort of journaling, just to to look at things like, you know, are there better times of the day for me to have difficult discussions? Like, are are, you know, are there, is my mood and my attention better one time of the day or other? I've noticed things like, by myself, you know, just filling my passion with work and deadlines and duty. um, I've given, I I let, I'm very quick to let go of sleep hygiene, uh, personal care, um, making sure I get enough fresh air and exercise, you know, because I, I create chaos. Like I create these imaginary deadlines of this has to get out by such and such a time and I'm going to do it now and it'll only take me two hours. And it's really, you know, I think it's two hours and it's 20 hours, right? You know, like I just, I'm unrealistic about certain things. I exaggerate other things and I just, um, I'm able to see myself as others see me in an intimate relationship as I get sort of feedback and um, you know, I'm I'm startled by that, you know, like I, like I, I need to sort of step up and regroup and and sort of find myself again, you know, or for the first time, or you know, where I'm at. And so it's, you know, self-discovery isn't a one and done thing, right? It's a it's a constant journey. and when something really matters to you it just it's added motivation and yeah you like solitude is a whole different skill set than being in um partnership and so you know can not can't use all those skills like a couple of times i've caught myself you know not even sharing what i'm thinking and being upset that it wasn't understood <laughs>
0: <laughs> very common yeah well you know two of uh kind of had a a foot in both i think um that's a full life
2: yeah also like it's important to understand that you're sleepwalking it's important to understand that uh oh uh if i've had trauma in my life maybe i have these trauma responses that are still uh, being triggered um at like unhelpful times and uh maybe i I need to uh, do some extra work on uh, like that would be a good you know personal growth project in a sort of therapeutic capacity uh maybe relationships should be based on asset based you know what are we both like as opposed to pathology and focusing on the what's wrong and how am i reacting to your reactions sort of thing that While that's good to understand, I think about the assets we each bring and, um, you know, sort of build, build from there, too. Like, it's like a recovery-oriented systems of care, you know, are all about uh, positive psychology, right? Meet people where they're at. What do you want to achieve? Uh, what, what do you have going for you? Let's start from there. Let, you know, let's build on that. Uh, as opposed to a deficit-based approach to um, recovery, right?
0: And a third one I'll just throw in just because it's fresh in my mind is um, mm. I've been doing a rageaholics meeting regularly. And um, there is, it, I, I would say, honestly, I had a much bigger fish to fry with my rage uh, years ago before I got some physical sobriety but it still recurs i still have my moments and um the uh shame busting book that we're all kind of like working through week to week um mm-hmm. it's it's it is more deficit based but it's it's very kind of like change the behavior right change the structure around the rage and then your brain will kind of like run run to catch the train as it's leaving the station it's like it's a completely kind of opposite direction a focused way to address the uh, ism um because and i and i think that it's as a, it's a, i can see the necessity of it because the way that rage manifests is very like terrifying physically destructive um you know abusive you know i i i am i'm very um i'm very much loving in this book and in these groups the kind of like first priority of just like keeping everyone around the rager safe And, um, yeah, and and which is, I think, it's best, it's best for the person with the anger, it's best for the person, it's best for the abuser, uh, as well as it's it protects the one who's abused. So, um,
2: well, well, and the same is true, I would think, largely for, um, uh, you know, depression or mania, uh, you know, like, uh, how can we? be intimate uh without you know reacting to the person we love right like how do we not take it personally as is discussed in emotional sobriety how do we be uh supportive and um and and maintain our own equilibrium instead of just reacting uh because Uh, you know if it's true the old expression people who need love the most deserve it the least right it can you know we we really need to be on our game to you know help ourselves and help each other
0: right and um to what you said about like you know the trauma response reasserting itself in these interactions with your significant other i um I also feel that like the kind of ghosts from the past kind of coming yeah. into the present. And um, you know, one of the, the recent asks I made in my relationship is for different versions of let's just stay present with the issues that are presently being discussed. And yeah. um, you know, I, and, and, and as soon as I asked for that, I realized, well, you know, there's, I can think of a bunch of, bunch of instances or i was guilty of that of of basically just pointing to something that happened at a different time and kind of letting that seep in and kind of like i think it can kind of like unravel you know what i mean like you know our grip on like navigating conflict that's happening right here and now it's it's just it's it happens you know
2: yeah yeah it's uh i'm losing this argument and And you might not even be in an argument. That might not be the way to frame it. but here here's an argument I always win, so I'll go back to that one, right? You know?
0: Yeah, it's good. That's, that <laughs> it's
2: would be good. called uh, uh unfair communication uh, techniques.
0: <laughs> yeah. well, hey, you know, I don't think I, I got to say uh, anyway, I, I congrats. I mean I, I Alan always tells me that relationships are people growers. Yeah, and that's why he's always it's funny, like, I'll I'll come to him over time with different crises in my relationship. And, you know, um, I just don't know about this. And it's an always it's always a yes. And instead of a no, but it's just like, yeah. see if you can go deeper, see if you can go farther, you know, see what more of yourself you can dredge up to meet yeah. this moment. And I don't know, it's just such a like unique or like, I don't think it doesn't, it does not naturally occur to me, I think, you know, uh, it, uh, it hasn't for a while. Um, I think avoidance, you know, and, and, and <laughs> running, running away from the thing, you know what I mean, it has its appeal to me. But I, you know, it is, it's just a fact that going towards it, I think I have grown as a person, and hopefully I'll continue to grow.
2: Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, stay tuned.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah,
2: like I was in uh, sort of solitude situation for, for years. So you get into a certain routine and going into relationship and, you know, love I feel and the promises I make that I have a certain idea of what I'll be really good at and and what I won't be. And like, it, it's all been no, no, it's more of this, less of that. Oh, you're and yeah, it's just this it's, it's awkward all over again. It's like, you know, you have to conscious living consciously is the next chapter after, uh, sleep, you know, about, about sleepwalking. Right. Yeah. And so living, living consciously, uh, really has to, you know, bring you back to the now and, you know, paying attention to what's going on and, and asking, you know, when I'm so sure about things, okay, Joe, maybe you're right. What's another way of looking at that? what 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 else might these facts mean and uh you know bring that beginner's mind is also emotional sobriety because uh you know overconfidence is an emotional sobriety by any stretch of the imagination
0: no it's a it's a very um appealing idea or you know that we've got all the answers you know that we've got it all figured out but um i don't know it doesn't seem to get me very far
2: yeah for sure <laughs>
0: Well, Joe, you know, uh, we love you. We we love having you on the show. And, uh, you know, thanks so much for volunteering your time to, uh, you know, yeah, wake us up, I, wake us up a little bit. I,
2: I love uh, I love the work. I, I've never missed an episode. Uh, I I mean, there are, uh, you know, I'd have to do shout outs to s- some other great podcasts out there. I really think it's a tool of recovery uh, that has been a game changer especially for the sober curious who it's podcasts are uh, you know an easier way to sort of dip your toe in the water than walking into a room full of strangers and when you're in a rut in your sobriety you know sometimes a, a new podcast with a couple of new voices that you're following along with uh, is a way to sort of break you out of your routine and and give you a sort of fresh new way of looking at things. So, um, yeah, um, y- you must hear this all the time, but um, emotional sobriety podcasts are always, you know, honest, sincere, on point. And uh, I-, I bet they play a big role in people's uh, wellness.
0: Well, the great late late great uh Wee herman um he had his uh Wee's playhouse and there yeah. were all the different characters so yeah you're kind of like the king of cartoons or maybe you're jombie the genie <laughs> you know? so i like i like that we've had a rotating cast i hope to add to it in time
2: yeah 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 keep up the good work and it's uh, always a pleasure to be when my number comes up it's always a pleasure to join you guys
1: We're going to continue this discussion about waking up and next podcast we get into, we'll get into specifics about how we have desensitized ourselves. What has this desensitization really created in our lives, right? That kind of a thing. So let us, till then, wish you guys all well. We're going to be dark next week. We're going to be watching some great tennis. And so we'll see everybody in two weeks. Tinge your life. Tinge your myth. Cultivate your narrative with whomever you're with. Then we glass and hand and children on one knee. Bring some stories. Bring your stories back to me. It ain't a
0: crime to be a human. Never be ashamed
2: to
1: be yourself. Rest assured that whatever you're doing
0: entertain me like nobody
1: else. So here's to us, my old friends, until it's time to drink the wine and break the bread again. With glass in hand and children on one knee. Bring some stories, bring your stories back to me.